bridges will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. If you want to be a champ, you gotta start like a champ. My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. After many technical issues today. You've been beset. I mean, starting with computers, yeah. leading to cans of cat food that would not open for me, yeah. to more computer issues. Oh, I'm man. in a state. You're in an absolute state. I'm in an absolute state You're having right a now. Jobian level of uh, affliction it today. It is true. And of course, you're referring to Job from Arrested Development. Yes, exactly. Correct. Um, which is why you jumped in. You've made in. a huge mistake. I have made so many mistakes today, but <laughs> I am, uh, one mistake I didn't make was to have you in my life because uh, you were able to jump in. Even though you said I was day. not your favorite slob today. Well, we were talking. Okay. Well, should Want to get we, into it? Uh, what were we even talking about? I, How did that even come up? I, how said, did bing- that- I said Bingo, bingo loves me. Because like, he was standing beside me as I was cooking some hash browns. Oh, that's right. And he only stands at your feet when you're cooking, not mine when I'm right. cooking. And because, I said it's because he loves me the most. But it's not true. It's because you're letting food fall to the ground, and he and, knows that. And I'm his favorite slob, I said. And then you said that you're my favorite slob as well, and mm-hmm. I argued that there are slobs that I like more than you, although I could think of no examples in the moment. <laughs> yeah, you don't like any slobs. I don't. I Well, you are a slob, and I do like you. I appreciate you uh, saving the show today. My apologies for this rocky for this rocky start to the program again i just blame um karma today but uh and and, and i guess uh, to a lesser degree me for well if you're blaming karma you're blaming yourself because your karma is what you get for being yourself is that true i think so really i feel like it follows oh yeah no that is true no it's true i i'm i know you'd have to ask taylor swift for a real breakdown yeah she's the one i'm gonna go to for a real definition she's got a whole song about it well you know what alanis morissette has a whole song about irony and i'm pretty sure she doesn't know what irony is so what are you gonna do I mean, I like her, okay? Hey, you know what we're going to do on the show today, though? We're going to bring the nose up on this negativity train, as I like to say, and we are going to talk about some of the ads that delight us the most that we've been seeing on TV lately, and we're going to talk about some commercials that are leaving me cranky. We've got a few admonishments to dole out. That is right. We call the segment Ad Collades and Admonishments, Um, and in this segment... We're going to discuss uh, one of our most ad, one of our most, I would say, discussed. I, I don't know if it's one of our most beloved ad campaigns, but certainly one of the most discussed ad campaigns right. on we the show. Right, we spilled the most podcast ink on it. Exactly. Do you know which one I'm talking no. about? It ha- One that we did a whole bit about earlier this summer. This campaign has lost its way. Okay. It set a standard for itself. It delivered on that ad after ad after ad and now they don't even know what the hell they're doing eventually the center cannot hold i'm talking to you geico we'll get into that but we'll also talk about some that are truly I've delighting got a geico us as one well too. i noticed yeah we have a lot of geico and progressive today yeah. when you're talking about new commercials you're going to get a lot of geico's a lot of progressive it's just the nature of exactly the um also some really great stuff from the ad council today and i'm not just saying that uh, <laughs> like i usually like do. usual yeah yeah exactly. today you're not blowing smoke for <laughs> once for once the ad council has delivered no um i'm gonna put it this way one listener's teenage anger over something she saw on TV Uh has led me to some very interesting, I think, information about a classic television show that we discussed recently. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah. Was that was that compelling? I think so. I Good. mean, there's a lot of modifiers. There's for a sure, lot of modifiers, but, but I, yeah, I'm into we it. have a listener who's no longer a teenager, but when she was a teenager, there was something she saw on TV and it angered her. Right. And, and she'd never and let it she go. She shared that and with shaped me. Shaped her whole relationship yes. with, you know, probably romantic partners. And it's it's, it's Everything. affected her in every, in every aspect way. of yeah. her life and it's now affected this podcast because we're going to talk about it but first yeah. we're going to talk about podcast uh, we're going to talk about commercials that we love and commercials that we hate it's a All 
right, Veeves, where would you like to begin? You know, I don't want to follow the show sheet here. Oh, great. Now the other computer's working. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to I don't even want to talk about it. Don't talk about it. Um, Can we just start with this McCain fries one? Because yeah, let's do it's, something. Let's start with something joyful. This is joyful, and it's so funny, and it caught me off guard. I saw it um, online somewhere while I was watching a YouTube video. I forget what platform I was on, but it was some streaming platform. And it just, it struck me, it caught me off guard, and it surprised and delighted me. Um, do you remember Stranger Things season one? I do. Do you remember the character of Barb? Yes, they killed her Oh, off? they they killed her. I can't, she didn't disappear. No, she died. She got it. She got it big time. And people time. were outraged, yeah, right? She because was people a fan. Loved, she became like a, a cult bring favorite. Bring back Barb, right? Barb, and yeah. it was such a, you know, it was such a show, such a supernaturally based show. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it had that, it has that very Spielbergian quality of like yeah. the good guys ultimately win, even though it was a very dark show and it always mm-hmm. like kind of ended on a, an ambivalent note, but but usually the each season would end with primarily the main characters that you're rooting for, like kind of make you know like survive or triumph or whatever. But Barb's death, which came I think kind of mid season, yeah. was a big surprise. It really was. It was a real like jerk the rug out from under you kind of moment where you're like, oh nobody's safe, like nobody mm-hmm. that you're rooting for yeah. is necessarily safe. And so they and they and and she died and I think I now forget the ins and outs of it, but she died in a pretty scary way. I think in a in a very scary uh, part of the episode. There's so a pool involved. Yeah, there was a pool involved. I think like I forget exactly the yeah. how it worked, but anyway, this is for McCain fries, uh, like the potato. I guess like the pota- are they like frozen? Do, I, do you find them in the frozen I section think you of do. your local grocer? Yeah, they're not a brand I'm familiar with, so I don't know if it's something you can get mm-hmm. here in this region. But uh, I think they're like a an Orida or something. You know, they're real straight talking fries. They uh, they try to reach across <laughs> the aisle whenever possible. Uh, yeah, they get this, a lot of credit they probably don't deserve. Yeah, right. Um, they did some time in a Hanoi Hilton. Be careful there. <laughs> I, you notice where I stopped? Did you notice where I stopped on the McCain I don't think joke? it's impolitic to say that McCain was in the Hanoi Hilton. No, but what you were implying was you prefer people who don't get caught. Is that's that what, not is that what, what I was no, no. implying. That what, was, that's what Trump said. That's what Trump said. Okay, yeah. let's ooh, Okay, let's get out of this conversation. We will spiral. Yes, I wasn't the one who introduced uh, the John McCain jokes here i was just making some straight talk express jokes so we we open on the actor who played barb mm-hmm. um sitting on a tractor uh-huh. in a, a what i assume is a potato field uh-huh. and very you know bucolic um she's dressed really cute she's wearing like uh blue uh, like denim overalls and like a very countrified little kind of a uh, blouse, blouse right? underneath yeah. it she, yeah, looks, really, she looks cute yeah. she just looks like a little cutie and she's riding this tractor and she's talking about how mccain fries uh are like a are a great fry Sometimes when things go away, they never come back. Like me. Hashtag bring but back when we Barb. come together, we can bring back anything. Even the land we rely on. See, Earth loses acres of healthy soil every second. And unless we make a change, things are only going to get worse. That's why McCain, the world's largest french fry producer, is changing the way he grows potatoes, using regenerative agriculture to bring healthy soil back to our planet. So the next time you're craving fries, Choose McCain. Help us bring back a world full of healthy soil for generations to come. Because together, we can bring back anything. (laughs) Even me. (laughs) So she's getting a little... And then at the end, something very just dark goes past the screen, and she looks very scared. Yeah, a little, a little sort of visual reference to the the style of horror of horror filmmaking that is Stranger Things. What was the bad creature's name, or the essence of creature, or whatever it was? Was it? It wasn't the the Necronomicon is a book. Yeah, right? that's from yeah. Evil Dead. Um, I remember that it's the. Um, oh, I always get this the up. Evil presence or something, right? Well, there's it, a well, there's a there's these scary monsters that have like teeth for faces or like petals for faces that unfold to show teeth but the name of the place it's like is it like the upside down that's the upside down the 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 demogorgon demogorgon we looked it up here that's what it was anyway i'm glad i asked um that's a cute commercial i liked it it's funny you can tell they're using they're they're using music cues that are supposed to evoke. Stranger yes, things. that's one thing I was going to mention is that music is not from Stranger Things, or it's not. A, and it sounds a little bit like a specific pop song from the '80s, but then it just changes up a little bit because it's a sound-alike song, right? But also, I feel like, 
it nails the ending for sure. And they're on point with their messaging. Things disappear. The earth is disappearing, but we can bring it back. Like, yeah. I get it. It all makes sense. But it somehow seems like a stretch or somehow. It just it takes my brain a little bit to make the jump when she first introduces the idea into this, like, voiceover that sounds very different while she starts talking about the earth. Yeah. You have to really go with her. I hear you. I, I And I have to admit, I couldn't remember what the pitch was because mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I know it's Barb from Stranger Things. And it's like, bring back Barb and also French fries. Yeah, um, but I didn't. I've forgotten that the the fulcrum is the that she's saying if you can bring back the healthy soils, mm-hmm. like you can bring back a beloved character. Yeah, and that that does make sense. It's also an interesting pitch for frozen fries. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, like I mean, when you're in the grocery store. I mean, I'm not saying that it's ineffective. I'm not talking against it here, but. Um, you would just think when you think about the things that your customers are going to be interested in, mm-hmm. probably the soil is not one of them. Yes and no. I think more and more, and actually this would probably be a good premise for a show for us to do is, you know, we've talked about different kinds of pitches, pitches that are hung on the same uh, sort of pitch nail, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I think environmental friendliness is one that a lot of brands are thinking through where it's kind of the like, the what's our differentiator mm-hmm. uh, conversation. And it's like, well, you know, a ride is bigger. A ride sells more. I'm just picking a ride because they're mm-hmm. like so well known. But, you know, I don't know where McCain uh, stacks up against its competitors. So they're asking themselves, like, what's a thing we can say about ourselves that tr- whether or not it's like true of every, you know, major agriculture producer or not, like what's the thing we could say about ourselves that seems like it differentiates us mm-hmm. from our competitors. And I think, I mean, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the weather this summer, but I think more and more we are going to be asking ourselves, like, what what does this product, what is its impact on the environment? And I might be, I mean, I don't really care. Like a potato, frozen potato is a frozen potato from my perspective. Like I don't have a brand loyalty. If I had an inkling that one brand was more uh, environmentally friendly, I might be moved to just grab it instead of the alternative. So let's go to progressive now. As we mentioned, there's going to be a lot of progressive and Geico ads uh, running at all times. And I saw a progressive ad that is um, kind of the latest installment in an ad campaign that began last football season. And the campaign is people throwing the red challenge flag. If you're not somebody who follows football, it's a pretty simple concept. If something happens on the field, a call goes away that you don't agree with or various scenarios, you can throw a red flag and it's a challenge flag saying, hey, I want the, the people in the booth to look at that again and maybe we can overturn whatever the call on the field was and the progressive campaign the first one we saw was so delightful it's a young couple they're out camping somewhere and somebody says where are the life vests or what, and, yeah, who packed what yeah who packed what and there's a disagreement she says you were supposed to pack them he says no you specifically said you were going to pack them and she says oh she throws a red challenge flag next thing you know there's like it's incongruent incongruous um but suddenly there's like a a replay booth there and they're both like have their headphones on and then she's very smug you don't see the replay i love it you just see their reactions later and you find out who was right and who was wrong and what i like about that structure is that it mirrors the real structure on a um on a football game and they don't we don't see what the refs are seeing or what the what the officials officials are seeing we might be able to watch it because that broadcast is showing it but the the officials put their head usually like up against the screen sometimes under a a curtain so they can see it clearly and then they then they just announce what they decided mm-hmm. based on what they saw so i think the structure is really fun for football fans and there were a couple more there was i believe um one with a dad and a son yeah. where the son was challenging something that the dad had said there was one with a couple about who left the door open that led to a cat a stray cat coming into our house um and have you seen the newest one now with uh, presumably a mom and her daughter i haven't okay i think you're going to enjoy this so we're outside of a school somewhere um and again this is returning this campaign is returning because football season is returning but also it's kind of back to school time I kind of like the fact that there are several signifiers for where we are in this right now and um, there's a mom and presumably talking to another mom and the first mom has her daughter there and it looks like they're either picking up or dropping off at school I think dropping off and the girl I mean honestly of course just could not be cuter, right? She's cute. And um, the two moms are trying to make some social plans. 
It's been so long since I've seen you. You guys should come over and watch the game again this Sunday. We would love that. You said you didn't want to watch the game with them. What? Okay, I did make a mistake in setting this up as I often do. It's kind of my brand. They're actually waiting for the school bus. Right. They're not at the school. They're waiting for the school bus to come pick the kids up so that they can take them to school. That will come up later. It's been so long since I've seen you. You guys should come over and watch the game again this Sunday. We would love that. You said you didn't want to watch the game with them. What? No, I didn't, sweet. You said they never stopped talking. Girl, I never said that. She just be making stuff up. We don't need to see the replay. <laughs> the little, the little we don't girl. Need to see the, the little girl pulls out a red challenge flag and just gives her mom like a smug look. Like, you want me to throw this? Like, look at the look on that girl's face. Yeah. Is that not great? She knows. She, she knows that how the replay is going to go. She's like, oh yeah, want me to throw the flag? And of course, I mean, this is a little bit different because in this case, the mom doesn't really disagree with the daughter. She's she knows just trying she's to busted. make covering up a social faux pas, yeah. basically, which is it sort of breaks down there a little bit. But anyway, the little girl giving her mom a look like okay i'm gonna th- you sure okay i'm gonna throw this red flag you don't need to see the replay you yeah, let's check it this what really happened replay is brought to you by progressive one thing no one would challenge saving money when you bundle home and auto with progressive so some field official comes rushing up with like a little tv booth the the mom and the daughter put on headphones they watch the replay again we never see it and now here's the reaction from the mom see <laughs> Where is that bus? <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Now, I have a couple of... I have at least one qualm with that. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. The the challenge flag really should be for, I believe I said one thing, you believe something else yeah, happened. I think Let's there's a legitimate that. chance this could be overturned. In this case, it's only embarrassing to the mom. Like, the mom does. The mom knows she said what she said. Yeah. She doesn't want to watch the football game at the neighbor's house because the neighbors talk too much over the game. Right, and the neighbor gets to never gets to see the... That's the other thing. The play, or the, the original thing, because she's not shown... Yeah. Like the, It's the little girl and the mom who get to see the replay while the neighbor is just standing there and you need to let the neighbor see it so you can see her reaction. That should be the payoff. Yeah. Because the little girl and the mom already know what happened. Exactly. I think it's, it, 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 yeah, it goes, it doesn't quite stick to the formula uh, or honor the premise of a real uh, challenge flag. Having said that, the acting, a, the acting is really is good. Yeah. The little girl the is, is so hilarious. on point. The mom said, "Where is that bus?" Where is that it's bus? Really great. She also, yeah. the mom, the mom who got busted reminds me a little bit of uh, Regina King. Oh, okay. In her, yeah. I don't know. She, I'm less familiar with Regina King's sure. work. Sure. Well, you know her. She was in. I mean, I know her as a big name, but I don't know. Have I seen her in, in stuff? many things? You saw her in. Um, uh, Watchmen. Oh, the Watchmen. You oh, we talked yes. about a, com- oh, a bunch yeah, yeah, of commercials yeah, yeah. she's done for some credit card. Yes, yes, yes. Was she the? Was she also the woman who was in the um, credit card commercial for where she buys the record player? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of those names where I'm always like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that name, but I can't place her. But yes, of course, Watchmen. Her. You just saying that makes me want to rewatch that first season so of Watchmen. Um, okay, so anyway, I do like that commercial. Generally, net positive. Just a couple of nitpicks on it. What do you want to go to next before I rip into this other campaign? Um, let's do. Um, let's see. I got inspired closets here. Inspired closets is actually pretty fun. You want to do let's that? Look at that one. This okay. is one that I. You said, can you just look through your your notes and see what you've been thinking about, so that we can maybe just do an ad, ad click and admonishments. Mm-hmm. And this one was just written in my notes as inspired closets makeup kid. Um, so I didn't really know. I couldn't remember what it was. But then when I watched it again, I, re- I immediately re- recalled why I was so struck by it. And I actually don't want to set it up for you too much. I want you to be surprised okay. by it. It does just look like it's a mom and a daughter in a big walk-in closet somewhere, Yeah, so right? this is for Inspired Closets, which is, you know, it's like California closets or whatever. They, they give you a beautiful, just, you know, cinematically perfect, uh, huge walk-in closet with backlit shoe uh, you know, holders mm-hmm. and drawers everywhere, and lo- I mean, you know, almost like a built-in vanity. I mean, I God, I wish if like I wish I had a closet like this. But the I one never downside will. that they never talk about is the guy who comes to install it is a little bit cocky, <laughs> and then he ticks you off, and then you fall off a boat and you lose your memory, yeah, and then you end up married to him. Anyway, it's a, it's all in the documentary <laughs> overboard. Um, so this ad is great. It's a little bit. 
a f- far afield from why you would maybe want a closet like this, except that who wouldn't want a closet mm-hmm. like this? So all I will tell you, Andrew, so that you can enjoy the reveal is that we have a little girl sitting on the floor of this beautiful closet. Her mom is facing away from her, picking out some jewelry or some some accessory. And she's saying to her kind of seriously, like having almost like a like a reassuring or serious talk with this little girl who I would say is probably maybe four years old, four or mm-hmm. five, like how talented she is and kind of like giving her like a little buck up speech. Um, and then we find out why uh, why she's so proud of her. Sophia, you are a very, very talented girl. OK, I love it. I don't believe you. Hey, it's beautiful. You are very gifted. I think I like the outline of the lips the most because it really exaggerates my <laughs> lips. And I think I have small lips, so I think you make people look good. You've made many good decisions. So at first, I assume that the mom is talking about a drawing right. that the little girl made of maybe of her mom or of the family or something. But then we suddenly get the reveal of the mom's face. And it's clear that the little girl has done a makeup makeover on her mom. And her mom does not look great yes it is a it real is, it's a real clown show it's a real clown <laughs> she's show, got the quite literally the lipstick l- all around her mouth oh too much blush and just hilariously blue eyeshadow it is really funny i like the outline of the lips the most because it really exaggerates my <laughs> lips and i think i have small lips so i think you make people look good you've made many good decisions Okay, now let's go to the barbecue. <laughs> she gets up and goes out like that. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna leave her face like that so that her daughter feels good about herself. And so it's this little vignette about a mom making a uh, her daughter feel empowered and 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 talented and smart, uh, which is a you know message we we can't get enough of for little girls. And I was looking at other inspired closets commercials, and you would think like it's for closets, like they should be just wouldn't they focus on like you can get these beautiful mm-hmm. drawers and everything but really what they they do all these little these little skits or vignettes of a, two people having a conversation or in some cases a co- person having a conversation with themselves that are very heartfelt uh, there's one where a woman is kind of she's practicing introducing herself to someone you think it's for a date but it turns out she's practicing what she's going to say to her adopted son when she meets him for the first time mm. And so it's like very moving. Yeah, and it's but it's also just very comforting. It's very comforting, and, and it's all set in yeah. this incredibly beautiful environment, which is mm-hmm. your closet. So I think yeah. it's a really interesting and innovative way of telling a story about a thing that is otherwise just kind of material and prosaic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, that's a really that's a really nice commercial. Now let me get cranky on your ass, okay? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do an ad. Let's admonish some fools. Because I want to talk about this Geico campaign. I teased this at the top of the show. The campaign that I'm talking about is one that uh, we talked about a lot on the show, and we even created a whole game around, which is the punny. We just bought a new house or moved into a new apartment. But we have a blank problem. Right. One of them was we have an ant problem and you think it's going to be the insect. But actually, it's your like parents, siblings who are like shuffling around the house. Too many ants who are in your business. You know, it's a lot of house. We have an a- hope, hope you can keep, you keep it clean. clean. There's an we have an animal problem. And then you have animal from the Muppets downstairs drumming and being too loud. We have a clogging problem was one of them. And right. they have some upstairs neighbors who love to clog. And so it's a lot of stomping sounds like there was always based on puns. You and I did several shows where we <laughs> we came up with our own versions of that, then asked listeners to come up with their own puns, yeah. and where else could we take this campaign? Well, Geico might have been listening, but not close enough, because they've revived this campaign or added some new ones just recently. I've seen three of them. I'll, I'll play two for you here. Have you seen any of these? I've seen them, but I have to admit, I've seen them in context where I couldn't hear the television, so I was missing some of the writing. All right, well, I'm going to just play this one for you so you can kind of watch it and hear it for the first time. I think listeners will be able to fill in the blanks as to what's happening, but I'll, I'll explain afterwards. I'll just say this. This is a family. It looks like it's a dad and two daughters, and they also have a problem with their new home. We love our house. The outdoor space is great, but we do have invasive weeds. 
I think we got in the house. I think you're right. So he says, we have invasive weeds. And you see something that almost looks like something from Little Shop of Horrors yeah. or something. Like a, a plant sort of reaches out and touches him and he kind of brushes it away. But now they're sitting at the breakfast table or the dinner table. It's the same table probably. I don't know what meal they're eating. I wish you all would just lay off. Um, but anyway, and now you see that the weeds are like kind of in the dining room and they're kind of harassing the kids while they're trying to eat. You'll see them on the couch watching TV and these weeds are coming in. I think we got in the house. I think you're right. The weeds like grabs the popcorn bowl and throws it. It's really fighting with him and stealing his At least uh, Geico makes bundling my home and car insurance easy. We save so much. You want me to get the spray stuff? Get the spray stuff. He's up here. Bundling so at the end, uh, we see him come out with a um, with a weed eater, and he's like, "Leave my family alone!" But the the weeds are fighting back again in this cartoonish kind of way. By the very end, weeds have just like taken over all over the inside of the house. But um, it's not a pun. They've just given up on the puns. Yeah, they, it's just like what? But now, what is the joke? You would have never pitched this campaign to begin with. It's just like you've left the only clever thing behind, and now you just have cartoon plants in your house. Like, yeah, it you makes just, no you sense. You just have a, a real problem that people actually do have, which is yeah. an invasive uh, species of plant that's like that you know doesn't have a natural uh, predator or whatever in in the wild, and so it it grows like kudzu or something. Where I grew yeah. up, kudzu was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're and if you're property started getting taken over by kudzu it could be very hard Mm -hmm. to to fight it back this is just like a an exaggerated and cartoonish depiction of what is actually just an actual thing what they're doing now is they started with a campaign that was based on puns but they're now just doing that geico thing that we talk about sometimes where they say we're going to create this structure and then we're going to create a little skit within the structure and, and the performances i think are fun and good and the the visuals are interesting and exciting the weeds kind of fighting with them taking their popcorn bowls i mean i guess i don't think it's that great i don't dislike it i think that you know but i'm with you that it doesn't hew to the original um structure of the joke and it diminishes what was a very funny and clever uh, structure. Yeah. Now, here's what I did find interesting is it's an Asian American family, not not represented probably enough in just your casual TV commercials. So that's cool. Big, beautiful suburban house. I mean, huge, beautiful huge, yeah. beautiful old school house. I also think it's really interesting that clearly it's a dad and two daughters. We see them when I first started watching. I'm like, oh, we're going to see a mom pop in somewhere or a dad. But nope, it's just. It's a single dad single raising dad. a couple of girls in this uh, really big house. So I sort of liked the representation in in that manner. Yeah. But the commercial doesn't do much for me. This is the same. Well, we're very persnickety about when, when we like a structure or when yeah. we like something about a campaign, um, we get um, we get very annoyed when our uh, our likes and dislikes are disregarded. Now, here's another one in the same campaign, kind of the same deal. that They're just trying to make us like this one at least is sort of I feel like. They're going for a humor that I at least, if it doesn't make me laugh, I understand it more. Like, I don't know what's funny about those weeds coming in the house. But this one, we have a young couple, looks like probably, you know, like, I'm guessing like a young uh, couple that probably don't have kids. Um, They're in a slightly more modest neighborhood, it looks like. And they've moved in somewhere and they have a problem with their neighbors. Again, if you're waiting for a pun on this one, don't wait too long because there is no pun. Essentially... They just have these neighbors who are like sports announcers who are commenting yeah. on everything they're doing. Have you seen this one too? He's like, this is the one. This is one I've seen but not heard, and I meant to go and check it out. And I, I'm disappointed to learn that the, the thing I was seeing depicted is not a play on words. No, it's just um, you see him like kind of shave, like dry shaving in the in the bathroom and. These neighbors who, again, are like kind of presenting as broadcast, like sports broadcasters yeah. are just commenting on everything that he's, they, they pop also, up in his window. They pop up all over the place. Which is also not how I would depict observant. No. Um, like, here, let's, let's take a listen. Yeah. Let's say, take a listen to what is actually said. We here. love our house. It's on a great block. Tree lined streets. The neighbors are observant. And we're back at the Sullivan house. It's lawn day, Sheila, and the leaves are piling up. Ugh, bit of an eyesore. I'll say. Dry shave. Interesting technique. That's going to come back to haunt him. Some people clean while they cook, not these folks. <laughs> At least Geico makes bundling our home and car insurance easy. Saves us a ton. If only they bundled the leaves. 
You know, I wouldn't have pegged these two as yogis. I still don't. For bundling made easy. Uh, the couple is supposedly doing yoga outside. The man is kind of just scrolling through his phone, and so there's a little burn on them not doing good yoga, I guess. But, like, again... I don't know, man. It's just you've lost your way. You've lost your way. I the casting for the neighbors is interesting because they certainly don't read as a couple. Yeah, that's true. They're too, different yeah. ages. She's a young black woman. He's an older white man. Um, not that you can't. That's true too. Not that the, you can't have no. that as a romantic couple, but it's not. There's nothing about their um, their demeanor with each other or their interactions that indicates that suggests that they are yeah. also a couple. The age thing more than anything. Yeah. There should be some yeah, sort of, of d- demographic signs that this is what a neighbor neighbor, even if they're going to wear blazers or whatever like make it seem like they're a couple in some way or roommates or whatever but like it just all seems so goddamn random to me yeah I do feel like this campaign is struggling to find its footing and although I thought there were some pretty good jokes in that it it doesn't it doesn't like it's not a great idea anymore when it when they're doing it this way like where they're just taking a thing that is real which is like Everybody, not everybody, but, you know, we can all imagine what it would be like to have neighbors who are kind of nosy, right? Who That's what I was thinking. They could have done something with nosy neighbors. Like maybe they're, I mean, you got to not get into body shaming. But if there's like something like the neighbors are nosy and they have really huge noses or something, they're sneezing all the time. I don't know. But that's okay. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. But like there's just no there there with this. Yeah. It's it's just a, it's just an exaggeration. Instead of being a literal depiction of wordplay mm. it's just an exaggeration of a real thing that homeowners deal with right mm-hmm. which is like invasive plant life or neighbors who aren't your perfect neighbors the third one in the um series that i've seen i'm not going to play it here at least tries towards a pun they're saying we've moved in we like our new place but the the garage is a bit of a black hole and then you know, because people will say that yeah. about their space, like, "Oh, we've just thrown everything in the garage now; it's kind of a black hole." And then the the woman, you we see her going to the garage, and then she's in literally a black hole, and things are yeah. swirling around. He's like, "Hey, have you seen my cables in there?" It's it's okay; it's at least trying. I would say it doesn't really make sense when you first move into a place to say that the garage is a black hole. That would be something that would accumulate over years. Yeah, but whatever; at least it's trying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can you choose one now that is more positive, so that I am not just. Yes. The place. Let's go to a competitor for progressive. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. No, not this. That, is, that was Geico. That was Geico. So let's let's uh, let's give Geico a little love because okay. this Geico ad is hilarious. It's called Airport Security, and this is one of those. I don't even remember what the premise is. It's like it's as easy as blah, or mm-hmm. it's as surprising as blah. I don't even remember. But what the what the premise is is we have a family, a dad, a mom, I think their teenage daughter going through TSA security at an airport and there's the part where they're um, either getting wanded by the wand or walking through the detector and the dad does that thing that we've all been a little bit embarrassed about where an airport employee says to you have a good trip and you reply reflexively you too Mm -hmm. and it's always like a little bit of an oh haha of course they're not going on a trip but in this case um, the, the airport TSA staff have the worst possible reaction to that to that mistake. Yeah, I think I've seen this. The family also has Everybody a bad does. reaction to this. Geico makes car insurance easy. Enjoy your flight. You too. As easy as saying the wrong thing. Me too. Really? What? Dad, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Do I look like I'm going on vacation, sir? It's not how airports work, man. <laughs> you, you could? Dad. Are we leaving or? I don't even want to go on vacation anymore. I thought I knew you. She has hairspray that is over the limit. With an app that puts your policy in your pocket, it's easy to Geico. And you're not wearing socks. Get a grip, man. <laughs> At the very end, he's putting his shoes back on, you know, on the little bench after the after the security screening, and the guy next to him is, like, berating him for not wearing socks. Get a grip, man. Yeah, the voices you hear, there's, like, two security guards, one man, one woman. Then you also you see some other traveler not with the family getting wanded down, and he's like, I don't even want to go on vacation yeah. anymore. I love the way the airport security react. Like, they are they do they play it totally straight i think go have a good flight yeah do i look like i'm going on vacation this is another one that sort of feels like a click off to me i just sort of again feel like guy really but i love the performances the performances are great i can't remember i even now i just listened to it i don't remember like what's the pitch it's as easy as saying the wrong thing right which is just like you know again i i but I, I don't care anymore the, with yeah. Geico. I don't if they want to do. if they want to just set up a this is the joke and they just want to get there with yeah. a 
Like they can just say to me and to all TV watchers, Geico's as easy as listen to this joke. Yeah, I, that's basically that's what fine. That's what I don't care. I years. like because I'm here for the joke. Yeah, it's pretty, and this one is really well done. It's well directed, well acted. Yeah, so I like I'll, the dad. The way he immediately defaults to like trying to throw his wife under the bus with the hairspray. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's so put out that his wife is kind of like <laughs> shame, publicly shaming him that he throws her under the bus with the hairspray. Uh, do you want to stick with the um, the insurance companies here with the progressive one? Sure, let's do this one. This is one we I think talked about together. It made us both laugh. I mm-hmm. think. Um, here we have a couple in bed, uh, late at night. And I think the husband, uh, sort of sets, sits up and says he can't sleep. And his wife, uh, I think it's the wife. Or maybe no. it's the wife. Yeah, One of them says yeah. they can't sleep maybe and, and, and they start sort of commiserating. And I think they're worrying about, uh, maybe costs of insurance, but then it, it becomes, it spirals into increasing surreality. Can't sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It was the guy who is sighing, and the and it's the wife who says, "Can't sleep." Can't sleep. Just a lot on my mind. I can't sleep either. Her daughter's in bed with him, apparently. Yeah. So that's kind of a it's a reveal. We don't know that, and then suddenly we see the daughter's head pop up. So that's kind of cute and funny. It only gets tougher with age. And now suddenly we realize the mother of one of these adults is sitting in a rocking chair next to the bed. So I'm going to rewind it to the beginning. So at first you just think you're seeing a couple in bed. Then there's a reveal that the daughter was sleeping between them. And then there's the reveal that there's like a matriarch sitting next to the bed. Now it's getting weird. In in a rocking chair doing her knitting. Can't sleep. Just a lot on my mind. I can't sleep either. It only gets tougher with age. Mom, what? Well, knowing Progressive can protect your home, auto, and business should help you relax. So now, suddenly Progressive's Jamie is also in the room in a rocking chair next to the uh, mother-in-law, or the mother. Yeah, because I could use a good night's sleep. Me too. You know how early a chimney sweep gets up every day? (laughs) (laughs) Now suddenly a chimney sweep is sitting on the edge of the bed. Sorry, Veep, I cut you off. That's okay. That's what you were going to say too? Yeah. We had the same idea. Progressive can protect your home, auto, and business should help you relax. Good, because I could use a good night's sleep. Me too. Too. You know how early a chimney sweep gets up every day. Wait, is this all a dream? Why would Jamie be in my dream? I am America's biggest spokesperson. Debatable. I said biggest. Well, he's got you there. Do <laughs> you want to explain the end? At the very end, Jamie says he's the biggest spokesperson, and we see flow, but like a tiny flow, like a like a flow about the size of like a Barbie doll mm-hmm. sitting on the edge of an armchair in their bedroom. And she says very sarcastically, it's debatable. But because she's so small, Jamie says, I said biggest. And then at the very end, it's the the chair itself that yes. talks so like, think, like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman style. House. The chair yeah. talks. So it's just a, this this very pro, you know, sort of um run-of-the-mill scene of a couple in bed that spirals out weirder and weirder and weirder until you get tiny flow. Yes, you get tiny flow and also just like, I know I just say this every time, but they're... It's a master class on expanding a universe of characters so that you can spread the work around and you have a backup plan for when, I mean, Flo has been doing this for so long now, Stephanie Courtney, right? Yeah. Um, Has been doing this for so long now, but they also, when eventually she says, I've got bags of money now, I'm hoping that she's got bags of money, Um, she can say, I'm out, and there will be a seamless transition into some really hilarious people, especially Jamie. Yeah, they've done a wonderful job expanding that universe and keeping keeping the writing funny, um, and the character, the hiring of the actors and the casting has just been so good. So um, it looks like you only have one ad collade left, and I'd like to end with that, so let's get into your admonishments. All right. Um, let's talk about this Xfinity ad. And I'll tell you, honestly, I had this in Adcolades and then I moved it to admonishments. So I'm a little bit ambivalent Mm. about it. You're adbivalent. I'm adbivalent. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'd be interested to hear what you think about it. The premise here is that we have four kids and they look to be about tween age to me, you know, maybe 12 or 13. They're sitting in a someone's living room and they're watching. Uh, clearly, they're starting out by watching that show um, uh, Wednesday, the Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams uh, TV show that was like all the rage for a little while. And sitting on the couch are three kids, and it's unclear to me what their relationship is, but they're all watching the show. And on and the 
kind of the odd man out, if you will, is their friend who is sitting on a chair to their left. Okay. And we see that when they're watching uh, Wednesday, the three kids on the couch, and also the mom of one of the kids is randomly sitting on the couch and has no lines and also has no affect. And she's like a statue sitting there. She, maybe she's just there because they want some sort of, they want to show parental supervision? It feels like that. It feels like something that they have there for, for a reason that mm-hmm. is like sort of invisible to me. Um, so these three kids on the couch are uh, all fully in like cosplay gear, right? Like mm-hmm. the two girls are dressed like Wednesday Adams, or I don't know if they both are, but they're both dressed like characters from the show, as is the little boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the little, little boy is dressed like Wednesday's brother, or like I Pugsley, remember. I guess. Pugsley, yeah. yeah, I I don't I have never seen the show, but presumably. Um, and then the the their friend who's not on the couch is just wearing like normal clothes. Okay, and then they're gonna go through various TV. I haven't seen this, but they're gonna go through various TV right. shows, and we're gonna and see with, them dressed up. And as with various... each show that they change it to, they they it seems like they're just changing the channel, but it maybe it's also that they're doing this on different days because they're fully dressed up for all of these other shows. And I'll kind of go through that as we go through it. Okay. Wow, you get to watch all your favorite stuff. It's to die for. And it's all right here. Now they switch to the Mandalorian. Streaming was never this easy, you know. This is the way. Really went all out, didn't you? Um, it's called commitment. (laughs) Now they're watching The Office, and they're all dressed like, sort of, one of them's dressed like Dwight from The Office. (laughs) Can you turn on the volume? Here, you can try. So the remote control is in a um, thing of Jell-O. A la The Office. Did they do that to a stapler? They did it it to a stapler, and it was Dwight who had it done to him, so now child Dwight is handing it over to uh, to the friend. Here. She hands her the jello. And then the, the non Get way more into what the non dressed up friend does a they they pan in on her in that very patented office way or not pan, but they zoom in on oh, her and she and she does a look to camera like Jim. Oh, I kind of did miss that one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And again, the, the mom is they sitting even there. do the little blur thing for a second, like when right. the, like the documentary style office. So it's thing, very yeah. recognizable as as office style filmmaking. The mom again is sitting there like a bump on a log. It's yeah, conf- totally unnecessary to have an adult there. That must be signaling Noth- something. They must be signaling something. I'm with you because otherwise it's so weird and superfluous and it just is distracting because she's not in costume. Um, and it's like, are these kids not allowed to be alone watching these shows together mm-hmm. or what? Um, like, is it, are, are maybe those shows like PG-13? Like, I, I agree with you. I think there's a signal there happening. And why is the one girl not in cosplay and the other ones are? Yeah, it's like... Are the other three supposed to be siblings? Did you say that, well, maybe? Well, if so, it's a very multicultural family yeah. because you have a white girl, a black girl, and yeah. an Asian boy. Yeah. Um, so I just find, I feel like there's they're trying to, like, fit 10 pounds of content into a five-pound mm-hmm. commercial bag yeah. here because... Yeah. It's confusing that it all happens in what appears to be the same sitting. The little girl who's not dressed up, her costume never changes. Yeah, so it must be the same day. It's just symbolic that they change channels but and they then somehow, they change their cosplay. So during The Mandalorian, they're like fully, two of them are in full Mandalorian, yeah. you know, bounty hunter helmets. One of them is dressed like, I don't know, Star Wars. I don't know. Well, one of them is um, Darth Vader, I believe, and one of them is the Mandadorian. No, I don't and know. I know it's not really called the Mandadorian. It's a, I just, sort of a family joke. That. Uh, isn't that one Darth oh, Vader? Oh, you're right. I left? stand corrected. It's and then I think the one in the middle is a Jedi, right? And then uh, a Mandalorian there. Sure, the whatever. Right. They're yeah. all Star Wars stuff. And the mom just silently watching. And them. the mom just sitting there quietly, like having no reaction to any of this. This is one where I could really use the description from iSpot, but it doesn't offer one. Oh, today, they don't give us one. No. So I feel like there's a lot going on here, and I kind of I like the little office joke at the end. I think that's the most successful mm-hmm. part of it. But up until then, it's just kind of a mess. What's this T-Mobile one? Oh, this one I was it's like, like all insurance and communications. Yeah, I mean they're the ones who have to ad- yeah. do the most advertising. Like everybody buys insurance, everybody buys cable mm-hmm. and cell phones. And um, so we've talked about this campaign before. This is um, uh, Donald Faison and um, Zach Braff, the Scrubs dudes. Oh, the Scrubs. And I was friends. watching the Seahawks game with our friends this Saturday, this uh, Sunday, uh, rather, and this ad came on. And I turned to my friends and I was, and I, or maybe they turned to me and said like, wow, these guys are just like really, 
this is their retirement plan, mm-hmm. huh? Just like make these, like capitalize on their Scrubs personas mm-hmm. and their Scrubs chemistry. Kind of bromance. And they're kind of bromance yeah. and just like do these T-Mobile commercials. And I realized as I sat there watching it, it's on my last fucking nerve. <laughs> the, and I like these guys. Is it guys. a musical number it's again? A, I mean, it's extremely a musical number. Mm-hmm. They're always a musical number. And I'm just kind of like, they're, they're always like, they come out of their suburban houses and sing at each other about one of them is like not using T-Mobile and the other one gets the message to use T-Mobile. And it's like always a parody version of some well-known, um, you know, musical song or, or sort of like song from a, a famous musical or movie musical. And I just realized, like, I'm just super over it and I'm sick of it. I've got home internet from T-Mobile. It only costs 50 bucks at T-Mobile. Just one cord to set up. Say goodbye to that truck. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. They won't raise your rates at T-Mobile. They're both in their pajamas. What is that song? Um, it's for, oh, what a beautiful morning, which I believe is from Oklahoma. I see. I don't know musicals. So well, I had to I, watch those... Oklahoma a lot as a kid. You had to? Well, I, I, it was on a lot as a kid, and I was, it was just on the TV a lot. Well, your, your folks were dialing that up. My my mom was dialing that up. Yeah, I see. Interesting. She loves Oklahoma. I see. Um, and we have one more commercial to talk about in this segment, and we are going to be going back to Adcolades because I wanted to end on a happy note. But I don't know this commercial. It's for Offer Up. Oh, um, this is a very this is kind of a weird one to add end on because it's not like a real it's not like a blockbuster or anything. It's not amazingly funny, but I happen to see it. It says in the notes here, your notes. It says best commercial I've ever seen <laughs> in my life, and I'm not overhyping this. I just had, well, you said go to my notes from my phone and mm-hmm. put in anything that I've been thinking about. And I had, I had noted this one down um, and it just made me laugh. So we have, um, and it's really one performance that makes me laugh. And I think it'll be obvious which one that is. We have two women, um, kind of young to middle-aged white women sitting on a small gray love seat. Um, and I, it's no, I'm noting that it's a smaller love seat just because of the reaction that the salesperson has. Mm-hmm. Cause they're in like a furniture, furniture store, showroom yeah. store. And the one woman who's there to buy a couch and who's couch shopping says she'll take it. She likes this little love seat. Um, again, it's not some grand piece of furniture, um, not some big sectional or whatever. And these two women are here together or they're two separate shoppers, you get the impression? They're here together. They're okay. friends. Her okay. her friend in the pink is just like helping her decide. Okay. So they tell the salesperson, salesman, that they want the, she wants the couch. He goes to make a phone call to tell his wife to like, you know, this is it. That He's made the big sale. And then while he's away, uh, they the friend says, "Hey, have you looked on OfferUp, which is like a Craigslist oh, kind of okay. uh, you know peer to peer sales yeah. kind of thing, um, to see if this same couch is available locally uh, for cheaper?" Okay. And um, it spoiler alert, <laughs> it is. What do you think? I'll take it. I'll go run up the paperwork. He gets on the Did phone. Did you try offer up first to see if someone nearby is selling it for less? No, I didn't. That's a good idea. Honey, I sold a big one. Get the bibs we are having. Lobster. Should we just <laughs> leave? Yeah. <clears throat> so they just ditch out on this poor sales guy who try thought he made a big sale. First. He said, I made a big sale. He says, get out the bibs we're having. And he clamps his little hands together and he says, <laughs> that little lobster. Lobster, yeah. lobster claws I think hands. I know which performance you like in that. That is really funny. It's, we should use that at the top of the show sometime. It's funny. Like, I also do that. Like, I do a thing where I go to a store and then I see what the price of a thing mm-hmm. is. And I see if I like it. And then I just see where the best deal for it is online. Uh, including, I'm always willing to look at Craigslist for things. Although, I think a couch is a weird pick for that because... I'm not saying I've never bought a couch uh, on Craigslist or a used couch. I for sure have. And especially when I was these women's age, I, I probably did. Um, but I think if you're someone who's like wanting to buy a new couch, that's a very different mindset from someone who's only wants to buy, pay for a, a used couch is not like a used table lamp. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think it's they're You think they're swinging too big on this i just think it's like a weird market Hmm. to go for like i think it's or i think it's a weird object to um 
hold up as the premise of why you would use this service. Now, this is not the same company that had the advertising campaign that was focused on the other aspect I of think this, it was. people getting rid of their junk, like jumping out of airplanes yeah. and saying, I'm I need to get rid of this bowling ball or whatever, yeah. sewing machine. Okay, gotcha. I think that was offer I think up that's well. interesting yeah. that OfferUp is going, it's like, it's looking at both sides yeah. of its own paradigm, right? Like the buying experience and the, hey, yeah. let's let go of this junk experience. Exactly. And I, I liked those ones where they had somebody who was needed to, who really needed to get rid of something and was like holding on to it for emotional or, or sentimental mm-hmm. reasons. And then finding the person, the perfect person to take it. And I think they used better objects in that example, those examples too. Like a sewing machine is a perfect thing to buy used, right? Can I, um, actually, small mistake there. That was let go. Oh, That's damn. That's why okay. the campaign, yeah. I just looked it up and I was like, Thank I you for think correcting we're wrong. Because yeah. I remember the name was specifically let go. Right. And this is probably, a. This is probably those were higher budget ads too. This looks like a lo- much lower budget ad than the ones where people are jumping out of airplanes. With, yeah. with So there's probably a bit of a market dynamic there as well. But I do think it's interesting to look at the different, things that people are highlighting with these apps that essentially probably do the same thing. Yeah. Like one is saying, hey, this is where you can get good shit. The other one is saying, hey, listen, you got a, bun- you got a bunch of good shit you need to get rid of, right? right? right. Yeah, so I think that's a, kind of an interesting way to break it down. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind Hey, Genevieve. Hey Genevieve. Yeah. Hey, do you remember that commercial we talked about for uh, we were we were watching an old show from the 1980s and we built an entire episode of this podcast around the commercials. Yeah, that's that we incredible. Saw that, yeah, from 1982. And one of the commercials we talked about was from a uh, kind of a puzzle game yeah. called Missing Link that we were baffled by why it would be hard if it was based on what we could see of it from the. Yes, which I still don't have total clarity on that, but I do remember this toy. So this was 1982, which is earlier than I thought that the Rubik's Cube had already been a phenomenon, a cultural phenomenon, right? And then you started to have other little like Rubik's Cube-esque puzzles like this thing called Missing Link. And I remember one of my friends, if not several, had this thing and it's like, it's kind of a... um, what is the three-dimensional word for a rectangle, Genevieve? What is the word I'm looking for there? A cube? It's kind of a cube, except it's not even on all sides, right? Okay. Um, and so it's like this device that you kind of twist it around, and it's got chain link on it, or like links of a chain that are various colors, and you got to like kind of match up so that every side, the, the link uh, in the chain is all the same color or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm still not sure exactly how you play the game, I don't remember. But the commercial itself was also very complicated because we see three different people. And I'm gonna replay the commercial here for you. Um, one, we see a guy who's like in the Antarctic somewhere. He's like all bundled up and he's got snowshoes and he's playing this missing link game. And he's like, oh, now I got it. And he's like, no, I don't got it. And then we see a scientist in her laboratory. Um, and I think it even specifically says she's like a DNA scientist. Right, yeah. And she's like, I got it. I I got it. I don't got it. And then at the end, we're, we're in the jungles of Africa somewhere, and we see like a uh, an explorer type of guy with like a like a British explorer with like a thin little mustache, right? And he does the same exact thing. Take a listen. The search for the solution to the missing link puzzle takes us to the land of the abominable snowman. I got it. I got it. I don't got it. Can the solution to the missing link be found in the DNA laboratory? I got it. I got it. I don't got it. Or is the solution to the missing link in deepest Africa? I've got it. I've got it. I don't got it. The missing link puzzle from Ideal. The only thing really missing is the solution. <laughs> and then at the end, the monkey actually ends up getting it. And I, I do see that the little tile... It's an ape. Okay. The tile... Like, just leave me alone with that. Um... <laughs> The tiles slide up and down, and each section kind of spins around, so it looks like it might be a little bit more difficult. But I also was just like, wait, why are they in Antarctica? Why are they in a laboratory? Why are they in Africa, right? Right. And this is a note from Eric who says, I think the Missing Link ad was playing off the name, which refers to the theoretical evolutionary stepping stone between apes and humans, used as a cudgel by creationists to claim nobody (laughs) had found the Missing Link just yet, thus disproving human evolution. Of course, several greedy 
radiations and human ancestry have since been discovered. The abominable snowman would resemble a missing link as a sort of lost ape like Bigfoot. A geneticist should have knowledge about human evolution and humans evolved in the deepest Africa, hence exploring there to find the solution to the missing link. At least that's my theory. I think he says Eric. Absolutely right. And that yeah. is, that's a great that's a great um, kind of uh, nuance to to glean from that. I agree. Like you're totally right. And as soon as you as soon as I read this, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. Like they're they're look they're looking up this missing link idea from like like literally the evolutionary standpoint from various yeah, yeah it's from very various fun. disciplines it makes it more fun um during that same show where we were talking about the commercials I still don't know how to play that dang game well it does look like if it comes in the package and it's not in order it's like you can mess it up so that the tiles slide up and down on that axis and they spin around on this axis. So it would almost be like axis. Um, what did I say? Access. Access. Um, it would almost be like a three-dimensional version of those little games you would play with the tiles that slide around with your thumb. Remember yeah. those things? Yeah. I, I had one was... that had a Santa Claus on it. Oh, so. nice. Not to brag. I had a couple, not to brag, but I don't remember what was on them. <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> um, I do remember eventually just like the pieces falling out and you could just punch them back together <laughs> in the right order, which is the equivalent of people taking the stickers off yes. their Rubik's Cube, which I hated that. Like, my friend would be, look, oh, I did it. And it's just like, yeah, all those stickers are peeling off now, and it's yeah. gross. Get out of here, Dylan. Um, so <laughs> during that same episode where we were watching old commercials from 1982, we also had a few TV promos from the time, which we don't often have a chance to talk about on the show. And it really blew me away that, like, 1982 was a time where we were seeing commercials for new episodes of shows that I felt like in my lifetime I'd only seen as syndicated reruns right. like Happy Days was always just like an old show that was on the UHF totally. station right but yeah. here it was it was 1982 and they're like coming up on the new Happy Days right and more actually I don't know if we yeah we saw Happy Days one I yeah it was um, I can even tell you what the plot was that's so funny because we saw Happy Days one and one for the last season of, of Mork and Mindy so Mork and Mindy was already wrapping up and Happy Days was still going yeah I mean that's I interesting well is it I mean Happy Days was a very popular show yeah but knowing that Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of Happy Days True. it's funny that Happy Days potentially could have outlived it or they ended in the same year yeah. But anyway, you were going to say... only there was a way to find out. You were, there isn't. Um, what were you going to say about the Happy Days Oh, promo if you want to know saw? what the plot was, it was, um, does, do Fonzie's uh, lady, lady chasing ways rub off on Al, oh, right. the diner operator? That's right, yes. Um, well, this uh, voicemail we're going to hear from listener Corinne focuses more on the Mork and Mindy aspect of this because we got into a little conversation about Mork and Mindy and how it was a spinoff from Happy Days. If you go back and do your research, you'll re you will realize that almost every TV show that's on TV right now was at one point a spinoff from Happy Days. <laughs> yes. Including Bachelor in Paradise. Happy Days is the missing link, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, there was. There is some connective tissue there. So anyway, um, you and I were talking about the fact that Mork and Mindy was a spinoff. And I even said, like, isn't that ridiculous? that like they introduce an alien to happy days I talk about sort of jumping the shark from the show that gave us the phrase jumping yeah. the shark I just thought like how crazy is that well one thing that uh, Corinne wanted to say here is it was a spinoff but that uh, Mork only appeared in one episode of happy days before the spinoff began hey guys it's Corinne in Alabama I always got the impression that the Mork episode of happy days was a backdoor pilot it never struck me as a Cousin Oliver situation where they were going to incorporate this character as an ongoing part of the show. I had to look that up. Unless you mentioned that Cousin Oliver was from the Brady Bunch. Yes. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. He was a, that was a show. shark jumper. Mm. Just seemed to me like a one-off. What I do know for sure, and let me let me verify that that is true. There was only one episode of Happy. Did we Days. say otherwise? I don't. I don't remember saying otherwise. Maybe Corinne just wanted to add some context. But yeah, it was basically, and again, the idea, and we've talked about this a lot. The idea of a backdoor pilot is when um, producers have an idea for a for another show, and instead of actually just creating a pilot that lives in space somewhere, they can just like incorporate this character into an odd episode of an of an 
ongoing right, show. Right, like the Rockford show we talked show. about yeah, with exactly. the Italian mobster, with and, the Jersey mobsters. And so they could say, hey, listen, um, I have this idea for the show about this alien. Let's try it in front of the Happy Days audience by having a sort of one-off show where we introduce this character and see how audiences react. Corinne says, yeah, I believe that was a backdoor pilot and also has this to say about it. What I do know for sure is that at the end of that episode, it was revealed that all of the Mork stuff had been a dream that ah. he had had. So imagine my shock when I find out that a series called Mork and Mindy is coming out. I was outraged. <laughs> outraged. Because if at the end of right. the Happy Days episode is all a dream. They can't operate in the same universe. Right. Okay, more on that in a second. But then there's one more thing on Corinne's mind. Inconsistency. And furthermore, in the Happy Days episode, it was very strongly implied through a joke that Mork had no genitals. So again, when Mork and Mindy are having a baby, I was just curious. Now, I didn't know much. I was just a young teen at the time, but I knew that that did not, you know, compute. And their baby was a 50-year-old man named... uh, well, maybe Wait, who is who played it? Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. Maybe it's um, as they say in uh, Star Trek, a question of where he keeps his genitals, because not everybody ah, keeps their genitals in the same place. That's interesting. Yeah, and of course, eggs are involved uh, with Mark. But here's what I find interesting. So, as we just set up this idea of a backdoor pilot, is you have an idea and you purposely preview it in front of audiences i feel like this is and i'm maybe inventing a term here genevieve based on a little research i did an accidental backdoor pilot okay so first i'm going to read to you from a website called wikipedia.com okay and this is uh from the entry specifically for that episode of Happy Days, mm-hmm. okay? And I think it was, um, I'm sorry that I'm blanking and I didn't put a link in here what the name of that episode was. It was actually kind of a funny name. But this is, I, I mean, there's such a long plot synopsis of the Happy Days where Mork makes an appearance. So there's some sort of battle going on, clearly. I scanned it very briefly. Um, and it seems like the point is Mork wants to take... Richie and the Fonz like back to Orc with mm-hmm. him. It's called My reason. Favorite Orkin, by the My way. My Favorite Orkin, yes. Okay, so here I'm going to read directly for a while here. This is the, this, spoiler alert, this is how that episode of Happy Days ends. Okay. Richie says he will go to the planet in peace, but Mork decides to take Fonzie back to Orc instead. When Richie tries to stop Mork from taking Fonzie, he suddenly wakes up on the family couch. It was all just a dream. When Richie mentions the flying saucer, Howard says, I'm assuming that there's some scene with a flying saucer, Howard, his dad, says it was actually a weather balloon. So we're sort of seeing like some um, Wizard of Oz action here where don't things like in her dream, weren't they brought about by things in real life? Yes, in the movie, um, like characters from her real, her Kansas life Mm -hmm. um, reappear, the actors that play these characters in, you know, in the Oz world. So we're meant to interpret that as like her mind her dream mind like took people she knew and turned them into fantastical figures and that's exactly what we're sort of seeing here according to this write-up it says when uh, Richie mentioned seeing a flying saucer his dad said it was actually a weather balloon but then the doorbell rings Richie gets off the couch and answers it and at the door is a man who resembles Mork except he's speaking in a southern accent and merely asking for directions okay so that's how that original episode ended yeah okay But still, to Corinne's point, how do you turn that into a spinoff and make this real life? Listen to this. In an alternate ending shot for the summer rerun. So this episode aired in February 1978. (laughs) They're preparing a summer rerun. They reshoot it. So at the end, it turns out the man really is Mork. And he made it seem like the entire he made it seem like the entire event was a dream. He recounts the events to his superior Orson, who assigns him to modern day 1978. Keep in mind, Happy Days took place in the 50s. It aired in the 70s and 80s, but it took place in the 50s leading up to the events of Mork and Mindy. The ending that alternate ending is now what airs in syndication because it totally it it sets the scene for Mork and Mindy which right is that they're they're setting up the premise of Mork and Mindy so 
My question was, if you had a producer who said, hey, I want to try a backdoor pilot, why would you ever decide you're going to make the thing a dream yeah. and then have to scramble to rewrite and shoot it for syndication because now you're going to make it a, its own show? Yeah. My what I am proposing here based on something what, else. What your theory read, presupposes is. <laughs> yes. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't. Um, no. Here, I read something else on looper.com. It was a list of like some of the best backdoor pilots in history, right? Yeah. And um, they, have a, they add a little bit more context to how this original show came about. And what I'm saying is, is I think they just made a goofy one-off with yeah. this alien, made it a dream. And then ended up seeing how the public went bananas yes. for Robin Williams. Because he was such a force. And then retroactively yeah. said, this is a show. I'm going to quote here from Looper.com. After Star Wars came out, everyone wanted to get in on the space craze, even the producers of Happy Days. Like every kid in 1978, creator Gary Marshall's son was enchanted by the sci-fi hit, and he asked his dad to write an alien into the 1950s-era sitcom. Although Marshall complied, the original episode was poorly written with an actor that wasn't a great fit. When the first guy quit, someone recommended Robin Williams, who proved so popular during his run with the series that the storyline was edited later to function as a backdoor pilot for Mork and Mindy Genevieve oh, it's a, an accidental backdoor pilot accidental backdoor pilot yeah like uh, retroactive backdoor pilot an accidental retroactive, retroactive backdoor, backdoor pilot, pilot. <laughs> an accidental retroactive backdoor pilot I love that song <laughs> you can sell anything you can sell anything um, by the way, in case you were wondering, um, Happy Days did begin before and end after Mork and Mindy. It lasted wow. uh, two years beyond the final episode of Mork and Mindy, in fact. And I'm guessing, I don't know if you can look this up on the flyer if you have any indication, I'm guessing that this Mork episode did not happen like near the beginning of the Happy Days run. It must have been relatively long in the tooth before they started introducing the idea of dream aliens. So It was in wow. season five. Wow, so, yeah. so that, wow, Happy Days lasted a really long time. Yeah, it was very popular. I remember watching it in reruns. I don't remember really liking it, but it was, you're a kid. You would watch whatever, like, the UHF station served up, right? But I don't yeah. remember it being a fave of mine. Well, I mean, there's a lot of talent involved in yeah. it, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of people who were in it yeah, went yeah. on to have very big careers. Yes. In fact, I accidentally watched in my little, let's call it research today, um, a little montage of Mork scenes from that Happy Days episode. Yeah. And there's a joke about at one point you don't see the TV, but he's clearly watching the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> and he says, I'm like, I like this Opie character. Yeah, so it's like a lot cute. of a lot of meta commentary there. But anyway, how can people get at us, Vives? They can call us. That is our number one favorite with a bullet uh, way to get in touch with with us call us at 607-444-5597 um, you can email us after these messages show at gmail uh, visit our youtube page where there is plenty of content we didn't talk about any of it today but um, there's lots of stuff happening there and um, you can look for after these messages podcast right and look for our yeah, logo if you're on youtube and you want to see some of the commercials from the uh, 90s that i'm uploading there from old vhs tapes just go to youtube and look for after these messages podcast there and of course there's the facebook group uh, we are still there i always post the um the links to the show from there uh, on there and uh, lots of good conversation happening there and again thank you corinne for calling the voicemail line i love that i'm going to give the number one more time you don't have to sing a jingle you don't have to sing on the voicemail line you can but you can also just sort of wave in on things that are on your mind. It's 607-444-5597. Just wanted to reiterate that. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week if I can get my computers to work.